Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Today in the studio, we're joined with Ilana Perrier. She is a PhD and she has a critical mass of experience in sociology and political science. Actually, her thesis was on collective memory in tangible political outcomes. Currently, she holds the position of global knowledge manager based out of Paris at Kearney. If we had to look at an organization and how it functions, either well or poorly, how much is in the weight of how well they trust each other? Yes, Eden, this is actually a topic I'm passionate um, about, the trust uh, in organizations and the trust in communities. So just to give you a quick uh, background, in my current role of Global Knowledge Manager in Kearney, Paris, um, I used to continuously put on my political and social science head because originally I'm a political and social scientist. I did a PhD thesis on the role of collective memory in tangible political outcomes. So I sort of continuously put on my social scientist head to see how big social trends impact knowledge management. So what I observe, um, like a couple of big trends that would impact the profession and the field, is the return of uh, communities of trust in the organizations and even even more hmm. globally. Can you explain to me what that is? Yes, let me unpack this a little bit. So today we talk uh, a lot about the information overload. You know, there is too much information for us to digest. It's one of the, I think, one of the biggest trends actually affecting how information flows in our societies and in companies. Just consider that information in the world doubles every 12 hours. This is the IBM data. So just imagine this huge amount of information, hence the difficulty to make decisions when we have too much information about an issue. So in organizations, this comes with proliferation of information, of knowledge management tools, the proliferation of IT systems. But still, in 2020, employees spend 25% of their time, so just imagine a quarter of the entire working hours, just looking for relevant information. So, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. If you really wanted to look at, your CFO wanted to look at the return on investment for KM, and you said, hey, you can just take everybody's salaries and say 25% of that number is spent just looking around. Yes, actually, it's spent just looking around. And uh, I mean, it's a pity for productivity that we have to spend so much time just looking for information. But, but there is another like consequence of this mm. is that people in this context of um, information overload, we can say infoxication, right? We are all infoxicated. So people seek refuge into communities of trust. So in organizations, there is a comeback of communities of trust as a nucleus for knowledge sharing and innovation. Naturally, we are all social animals, right? So we tend to naturally prefer horizontal peer-to-peer -peer communications to top-down information flow. 
So you, Edwin, when you are looking for information, you perhaps naturally prefer ask someone you yeah, trust right. than like then use Google or use uh, any other like fancy tool. There are also other signs that indicate us this this trend that underpin this trend. We can see the the social learning programs developing pretty fast because people prefer to again to ask peers and not no longer learn from structures mm. there are also even new physical spaces where people would would gather to to brainstorm to innovate we have hacker spaces we have innovation labs etc cetera, etc cetera. so all this of course impacts knowledge management it impacts not only the how we approach knowledge management but it also impacts the profession wow so i'm taking what you're saying and i'm thinking so if i was going to go into an organization and understand not just the knowledge map as far as where and how and why things are shared or not shared you're actually going to be looking at what are the peer-to-peer relationships to understand what the trust factor is, or or at least the, the social network that builds that to begin with. Exactly, exactly. I think the first question that you would need to ask is, like, what next fancy tool we, uh, we will buy to work uh, with knowledge management? Because tens of billions of dollars are spent by organizations that try to approach knowledge management from this end. Mm-hmm. But you would rather ask yourself, uh, what are the core behaviors that would drive knowledge sharing in my organization? And I think that mm-hmm. communities of trust, this is where the, no- the knowledge sharing happens in a natural way. Because people find value just in being together, in sharing, because they do it in their free time. And I think just to be a little bit forward-looking, uh, in a foreseeable future, the value of communities of trust might o- outweigh all other ways of sharing knowledge. That's why it is important like really to refocus a little bit on, mm-hmm. on the essentials. Who would own that query? I'm just thinking out loud here. So if an organization does not have a formal CKO global knowledge management program or, or anything of that level of fidelity, um, and they wanted to really start understanding, you know, maybe they're just looking at the next it solution that they're trying to figure out. What if they just went and looked at how people behave now, who would, would that be an HR function really to see how the organization communicates and where those nucleus of, uh, nuclei, but, uh, of, of, of knowledge sharing behaviors that you're trying mm-hmm. to exploit. Cause really you're trying to exploit the, and exploit is in a positive way here, right? You're exploiting something that already exists within a network of people. Exactly. Exactly. Because I firmly believe in the force and in the strength of optimism and also joy at work. Like let's all be optimistic. So for me, the question of which department would it be? Would it be rather IT or HR or a separate one like knowledge management? For me, it's not the first question I would ask myself. Okay. The first question would be indeed, let's identify, uh, let's identify the nucleus for innovation mm. in our company and let's really focus on nurturing them. Let's really focus mm. on developing them mm. and building the conductive environment within our organization because to share and to to ask questions you need to feel to feel safe to feel secure because when you are asking you are exposing yourself okay so this is this is my logic i like it all right so you're working with the folks that are already doing things you're you don't have to drag people to the fire right you don't have to drag people to the buffet and say come on eat it's great you're working with folks that are already like ahead of the game they're already 
they're, they are the innovation hive, you know, to take of a beehive, right? They're, they're the ones that are already mm-hmm. doing stuff, yes, regardless yes. what the bureaucratic or the autocratic system says to do. They're, they're kind of doing their own work. They're doing their own innovation. They're doing their own workarounds to the current workload. Yes, exactly. I am totally with you on this point. And I think the, the concept of beehiving really as a concept of new way of working together is not only a fashionable concept today. So today everyone wants to beehive, you know, but I think it really has some, a, lo- a lot of value actually uh, behind. So I think that the hmm. innovation is everywhere. We just need to identify it and to harness it within organizations. So this is my point. And you're bringing up something that seems to get lost. And I've had other guests on the show that have brought this point out is that knowledge management and innovation used to be tied in concept, uh, decades ago and knowledge management has devolved or evolved either way you look at it changed to where the innovation is not so side by side with the concept of knowledge management. I hear you because knowledge management and innovation are, are the roots and pieces of an organizational learning cycle. Anyway, it's, it's, it's all part of that. It's not separate. It's not either, or it's both. Yes, of course. And I mean, for me, the ideal way of working with, with innovation is to identify it on the very early seed stage to then repackage it in a usable way like, you know, for for all users in the company and to redistribute it. So when you think think about innovation in these terms, Mm -hmm. identify, package, and redistribute, this is the knowledge management bread and butter, right? This is what we do every day. So is that, do you see that as a different component than, say, a best practices or a lessons learned uh, program? Is it the same? It sounds similar. Yes, yeah, it sounds similar. I, th- I think it's just a question of language. How do we call it? But mm. the the underpinning idea is indeed to to identify the the clusters, mm. the clusters of innovation within the organization. And how do you recognize that? How do you recognize it? I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and say it because we could see it. You know, it's something that mm-hmm. a good knowledge management person. Would, oh yeah, there it is. There, it's over there. But how, how does an organization even start to look at what it doesn't know? You need to know very well your communities. That's why I am, um, this is the whole point, uh, I think, of my, of my story, that you really need to refocus on the end users of knowledge and on the, on the producers of knowledge and innovation as well. So when you start nurturing your communities, you nurture your baby, you know them. So I think it will, it will be a no brainer to identify the innovation when, when it emerges, because, you know, in, in a conductive environment, you will see it, you, you, you won't miss it. They will pop up, right? I, I, I'm going with your, you know, nurturing the baby, right? It's a, it, it, and this is in, I've heard many times is it's a garden, right? You're, you're, you're planting seeds, you're nurturing a garden, you're cultivating, you're pulling the weeds, you're, you're helping propagate the crops you want versus the weeds you don't want. So yeah, I, I'm with you on an, on a wrapping up stage. How do you define knowledge management? Is there a quick definition or a way you feel knowledge management is? I think today knowledge management is first and foremost something around appreciation, something around keyword taker interplay, something around nudge, something around gamification. So 
all these things that promote really knowledge sharing, uh, feeling and conductive environment in the workplace. So for me, knowledge management actually is an expert in people behavior rather than, you know, process design and control and repository management. But this is, again, a social scientist <laughs> speaking. Well, and I, I'm with you because we're still at the root of all these things. Until we get to a pure AI system, we're still going to be the, the people in the middle of the action. Should sociology be a taught course in knowledge management? Or is it? I think it should be sociology or social science, or at least uh, like, you know, the, because the, the social component of it is really the cornerstone of all the knowledge management approach as I see it. Well, on that note, I cannot even go farther. You've nailed it. I totally agree. So thank you very much for being a guest today. Thanks a lot, Elvin. It was a pleasure. Recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax-exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer-ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>